Hello, this is Hannah. And this is Matt Hannah. And this is Horror Hour with the Hannahs. Where we discuss all your favorite scary movies. This is a new podcast where we will talk about our experiences watching some of our favorite, least favorite, and some brand new horror movies. We'll cover crowd favorites, like The Conjuring, polarizing films like The Witch, and even some movies that we love to hate on. We'll even bring on some of our friends to complete this journey with us, including our resident scaredy cat sidekick and our professional actor pal. Tune in on Wednesdays, where we will release episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube on a weekly basis. Happy hauntings! Technology has revolutionized the world we live in. With rapid development and artificial intelligence, we've created a reliance on automation, but also a fear of the unknown. A certain unease has grown to wonder how far it can all go. Will technology misuse our information, make our jobs obsolete, or even surpass us? With the human race bound to the frightening power of machines, will there come a time where we will all have to submit to technology terror? To 13 Degrees of Screams. Where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. <laughs> Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies, and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we follow some signals in The Signal. Stephanie? Yes. The Signal. Have you watched The Signal before the podcast? Let's guess. No. no. <laughs> Everyone repeat after me. No. No. I didn't either. Oh, really? No. I uh, actually didn't even know this one existed when I was doing some research for this season. This was on the list of technology-related movies. Oh, okay. I was like, sure, let's do one that neither of us even knew existed. Yeah, and when I saw the year it was made, I was like, don't remember anything about this. Like, nope, I don't remember <laughs> seeing a trailer. I don't remember Yeah, nothing. I don't remember these kids. Like, I don't recognize anybody in this fucking movie aside I, from the main, like, the the uh, Dr. Damon guy. Yeah, I knew the girl from a bunch of stuff. She's from, like, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. She's in a couple other horror movies, I believe. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I recognized her, and then... Actually, let me pull that. Let me pull up the people because you're going to be like, oh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> okay. One second. So the guy, Nick, the main character, was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead Man Tells No Tale. He was like. The kid? The replacement for Will Turner, basically. Oh, okay. He was in that. Uh, that's where I remember him. He was in The Giver. I don't know if you saw The Giver. Mm -mm. Uh, okay. Maleficent. Jonas. He was Oc in Oculus. Is Tim the brother? Oh, Jonas was? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so... He did no, not familiar. Jonas. Not Jonas. Oh, the, Nick. Nick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some fun fact. When we were testing out our podcast, we covered a few movies, and one of them was Oculus. So yes. we covered Oculus in the episode that doesn't exist, really, anymore. Yes. But, uh, so Nick was in Oculus. The girl was in... 
A, she was in House of the Dragons, which I never actually ended up watching yet. The girl was? Mm-hmm. I knew she looked familiar. I tried to find her. I tried to find her, and I was like, she isn't in it. But she <laughs> looks super familiar. Yeah, she was in Ready Player One. I don't know if you saw that movie as Artemis. Uh, I'm, I'm rewatching House of the Dragons, ironically. Oh, so are you really? I was, I was like, it has to be her. And then it wasn't her, but then it was. <laughs> Surprise, it was. Yes. Uh, she was in Ouija. I don't know if you saw Ouija. No. Which is not a great movie. So I recognize these people in, in some stuff. Um, obviously, Lawrence Fishburne. We all know who Lawrence Fishburne is, right? The the doctor guy. The main guy. Dr. Damon? Yeah, probably. Is he was in the Matrix. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something that I don't know what you're saying <laughs> to me. But, yeah. So there was, like, people in this movie. It wasn't, like, an unknown cast. I okay. just don't recall saying anything about this all right okay yeah yeah i don't remember any previews or or trailers or anything and i mean this was like primo college years or right after college for me and i feel like i was watching tv pretty consistently <laughs> i may have watched tv once or twice <laughs> yeah. in, in in my day never uh, saw anything like it <laughs> no did you like it that's all right Eh. I found it incredibly boring. Yeah. It wasn't like bad, but it was, I was just not invested in any of the characters. I had like no emotional connection to these people. Yeah. They kind of just tried to do a lot of montages basically just to give you the sense that you knew Mm -hmm. them, but you didn't know them is the Uh, thing. Emotional music over some heartfelt images. (laughs) Yeah. Of them, like, at, at a the carnival past. and right. laying in a field. And you're like, wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah. They seem nice. <laughs> I think it started off interesting, but then it went nowhere how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. I guess I didn't know what it was about, really, outside of they fi- go try to find some signals in the desert. And that's really all I knew. Mm-hmm. And it ended. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> it was I felt very like- weird. Just based off my first viewing of it, like, I felt more like Jonah had the most personality of the three of them, (laughs) and then he's not in half of it. (laughs) Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Just, I don't know. It just wasn't my favorite thing. It was, I almost feel like boring is, like, the worst thing something could be. Because if it's a bad movie, like, really bad, at least it was like, wow, we could talk shit about this movie. But if it's just boring, it's just like, oh, what, what the hell do you do with that? Yeah. <laughs> just... I don't know if I necessarily say boring. I guess I was still interested in what would happen, but also it felt very predictable. Okay. I guess for me, it was, I was interested in where it was going to go. I guess just the delivery of everything was just like, I don't know. It wasn't. Just mid. Yeah. I was like, Okay. Yeah. Like, just tell me what happens. Like, I don't need to actually watch it. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. I just want to know what happened. We could wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, visually, uh, it's a cool movie. Like, they, it's well done. It's well made, I think. Mm-hmm. Visually, and everything sounded and looked good. Yeah. Just execution. I was like, eh. eh. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Also, I'm a little biased, though, because I'm I'm not a huge alien movie person spoilers well it it does go that way <laughs> like <laughs> it does yeah it's it's aliens oops the trailer okay so i watched the trailer mm-hmm. which let's just jump to our rating 
It's we have it as a nine. Oh yeah, no, no it's way towards the beginning. Like, so mild. <laughs> all right, like I put this under Lawnmower Man. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So maybe like maybe four. now it would be Smart House, uh, Stepford Wives. The signal. the signal shutter, then Lawnmower Man. Right. Yeah, this is, it was so misleading, I feel. Like, watch the trailer. It seems more scary. Than it's letting on. Yeah, I feel like this is the one time I was really, like, we're really off on this. Yeah. Like, completely, not even in the same realm. Because this was not a horror movie. It's considered science fiction thriller. Yeah. Which I don't even see the thriller. I just think straight science fiction. I feel like sometimes their reactions were like more horrified or like, like, how could this be happening to me? But I was like, it seems pretty for the course, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's just anyone would react that way. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, some terrible stuff happens. Don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. it's not presented in a way of like a horror film. Mm -hmm. It's like just very matter of fact, like this is happening. Right. It sucks that it's happening, but this is what's happening. And yeah. it's more action-y than anything. Yeah, I got that too. Uh, so, yeah. Oops. This is <laughs> definitely not a... I'm just going to say it. Not a nine. It is, no. Yeah, we're going to be rearranging <laughs> this one. For sure. For sure. Are you ready to hear some movie background? Yeah. So, The Signal is a 2014 American science fiction Thriller film directed by William Eubank, written by William and Carlisle Eubank and David Frigerio, and starring Breton Thwaites. Girl, what is that last name? Thwaites. Um, yeah. I would say Thwaites and Lawrence Fishburne. It premiered at the 2014 Sundance Film Festival and was theatrically released in the United States on June 13th in 2014. And again, I don't believe that. I just, I, I, yeah. Where did this movie come from? Where Nobody is it? Knows. I don't remember anything about this. Like, Mandela effect. Right. The filmmakers have stated that they wrote the film primarily as an exploration of the conflict between logic and emotion. I'm going to go into like some of the metaphors and stuff they tried to put in this movie that mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Director William Eubank stated in an interview, the signal for me is about choices and sort of what drives somebody. The decisions we make, whether we make them based on thinking logically or thinking emotionally. I was like, bitch, where? Yeah. <laughs> like everything they did in this movie was just to survive i felt like right. where was the logic and emotion disconnect they like, tried but i no i don't feel like any of their decisions were based on emotion like right and i guess that's what they're implying is what happened oh yeah i got some more for you i <laughs> feel like they were really trying to make this more meaningful than what it seemed so Nick is a character and he wants to be logical because he believes from his computer background that there's a stronger way to live your life and there's a more reasonable way to live your life. Black and white decisions, yes or no's, that kind of a thing. Again, you don't get any of this. So no. I'm like, are you sure we watched the right movie? Right. He's sort of challenged to make an emotional choice. At the very start, he was sort of trying to push those emotions away. And at the end of the movie, he chooses to embrace the emotional side and make a decision based on feelings. I'm like, what decision? Yeah, no. I don't know if it's just the whole girlfriend of it all. Is that what they're talking about? I think. Because they start with, like, chasing the signal, and then, like, it ends with him trying to... I don't know. And then the last thing about the metaphor... There was way more than this. I cut this down. Oh, really? I cut paragraphs from what I read. So this is the Spark Notes version okay. of this. So through metaphor, the film intends to explore the idea 
that though sometimes humans may attempt to live their life based on rules and logic, working diligently to suppress their feelings, deep down there are emotions that cannot be eliminated, as we kind of already talked about. Mm -hmm. The so-called signal in the movie is that internal gnawing fire of a human's inner voice that can tell what is true if listened for and what makes humans human. Eubank explained the meaning of the film's title by saying the signal is a waiting for something, listening for something, having an open heart. There's levels of what the signal really is. <laughs> right. I don't. I forgot there was even a signal in this movie. Right. By the time you get to the end, you're like, how did we get here? And having an open heart. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. Is there a director's cut version of this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I don't even know if this dude said this at this point, because this does not seem real. No. Mm-mm. But uh, there wasn't much in way of background information. So I was like, let's talk about this metaphor that makes no damn sense. Yeah. So take that as you will. I will tell you right now, you'll watch this movie and it just seems like a straightforward sci-fi. Yeah, I'll tell you in the plot. There's no heavy emotion. <laughs> it's not like he is sad. He is that. He is. No. He's confused 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. And trying to escape 95% of the time. It's very. Cut and dry. Basic human instinct. Right. So, Stephanie will tell you. Mm -hmm. She'll tell you all the tea. So, the film holds a 60% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on 91 reviews with an average rating of 5.84 out of 10. The site's consensus says director William Eubank clearly has big ideas and impressive level of technical expertise. Unfortunately, the signal fritters them away on a poorly constructed story. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so the film received a score of 54 out of 100 on Metacritic based on 34 reviews. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Lukewarm at best. Lukewarm at best. I'll take it. All right. Do you want to hear about this very emotional plot? Yeah. <laughs> full of metaphors. Yeah. Can't wait to tell you all about it. <laughs> so three MIT students, Jonah, Nick, and Haley, are taking a road trip to move Haley to Caltech. There's a tension between the couple, Haley and Nick, because Nick is disabled, requiring crutches to walk, and believes Haley is changing schools to eventually break up with him. <laughs> That's why she's changing schools. She's like, this is the only way I know how to break up with somebody. Just change schools. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't possibly it's very just, elaborate. <laughs> right. I couldn't possibly just break up. Yeah. I guess they sort of imply what happened to him. Like, at first it seems like it's like a running accident or something, but they never, like, specify what exactly his condition is. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm trying There's to... a lot of flashbacks to him running, so we know he wasn't always this way. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was not born this way. And it was, like, relatively recent because in the flashback of him running, he looked basically the same as yeah, he and he's does with, now. Yeah, and he's with Jonah a couple of times. And, and, and his girlfriend. And... Yeah. Yeah, so it so, only recently happened. Right, yeah. So, during their stay in a hotel, Nick and Jonah discover a hacker named Nomad, who almost got them expelled for breaking into MIT servers, knows where they are, and is sending them ominous messages. See, I was like, ooh, this is interesting. Like, mm -hmm. there's a computer, that's a laptop that's open, and <laughs> it's broadcasting the image. In their room, yeah. On their computer, so they right. can see that they hacked into the computer, basically. Yeah. The three friends go after Nomad, tracking him to an abandoned house somewhere in Nevada. 
Jonah and Nick go in to search it, leaving Haley in the car. They find nothing there, but are alarmed to hear Haley screaming outside and come out just in time to see her pulled into the sky before disappearing into a white light themselves. Yeet! I was yeah. like, oh, immediately. Right. I was like, aliens. And we know nothing. <laughs> yeah. We know nothing about them. I thought this whole setup up until this point was really cool because yeah. it's like a spooky abandoned house. And I feel like they showed that quite a bit in the trailer, if I remember correctly. And that's what I was like, caught me. I was like, oh. Like something's going to happen here. Yeah. No. no, they were there for all but three minutes. They even have like a Blair Witch like fake out mm-hmm. for a second where Jonah jokingly sits in the corner and and scares him right which i appreciated but also like dude now's not the time for this you're in an abandoned creepy right house like who would think now's the time strange individuals don't do that yes don't do that to your friend yeah nick awakes alone finding the number two three five 41 tattooed on his arm in a sterile underground research facility There he is interviewed by Dr. Damon, the head of the transition group, supposedly there to help him cope with his strange situation. Dr. Damon informs Nick that at the house they came in contact with EBE, an extraterrestrial biological entity. But Nick doesn't believe him until they show him video footage of them at the house, where an alien is peeking through the trees at them. He's like, hi guys, (laughs) I see you. But it's so weird, too. The video footage is... Literally from their perspective, like implying that they almost have a camera uh, right. on them filming it. Yeah. And are they? I don't think they are filming I it. I don't think so. But so, okay, let's say they did. Maybe they had like a camera out or something. I don't think they did. That. I know. I don't think they did. I'm just, I'm just giving them just benefit seems, of the doubt. Yeah. It just seems like a little bit of a hole, but okay. So, did they know ahead of time that they were already visited by an alien or did they only find out after they viewed the footage like how, you know like yeah. they had to have known that it had happened before seeing the footage right yeah if you if you think of them actually filming it mhm huh <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah i don't know so they're there and uh somehow they knew this happened i mean i guess maybe you know since haley was abducted perhaps that they knew I guess. But no, he's still surprised to find out that he's in the tree looking at him. So it feels like they somehow put a camera on them. Right. And they don't know. They didn't know that they were filming that. Mm-hmm. Which raises so many questions. Like, why would or why wouldn't you ask about that? Be like, hey, sir, how did you <laughs> how did you know where I was and how are you seeing through what I saw? Right, but in in Nick's defense, though, he does ask this man a lot of questions, (laughs) and every time he returns it with another question, like, he barely ever answers anything he asks. Right. You know why? Because that would require the writer to know... That information. That information. And they don't. And they're like, let's just pretend, or not pretend, let's just make this character be super cryptic about everything, and we don't have to explain anything. You'll Mm. just find out. Yes find out sure i feel like i found out so much sure dan (laughs) nick is returned to his room and can hear jonah through vents saying that his body feels weird nick notices that his legs have completely lost function and he now needs a wheelchair to get around the two work on passcode sequences and plan to escape when he is interviewed by damon again he sees Haley in a bed in a separate room on the way there so he keeps prodding for answers uh, from the doctor, but, you know, he only responds in other questions. 
And he puts this infuriating puzzle in front of him of these different colored shapes and wants him to categorize them and stuff like that. And when he finally does, and he does it really angrily, he's like, oh, do the shapes make you angry? And Not the shapes you, sir. Right. (laughs) And I just feel like if if that's the emotion that they're trying to get at, I'm like, try again. Right. (laughs) I didn't. Did you understand that puzzle? Like, because they show it. I'm like, I don't understand what you're supposed to be doing. I, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I'm biased because I saw him solve it, but I don't know. You know how sometimes, like, when you're watching from somebody's perspective, it feels like you would know what to do in that situation? No. No? Okay. (laughs) Never mind. It's just me. (laughs) Not to to deny it, but now I'm interested about that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, like, Mm. if you ever, like, seen, like, a character, like, oh, like, he like picks up a sword to defend himself from something coming you're like oh yeah i would do that too obviously <laughs> oh okay i guess <laughs> kind of thing i see what you're saying see i'm always like i would not do that that's <laughs> dumb like i <laughs> actively go out of my way to be there are certain <laughs> moments where i'm like wow that's stupid no like <laughs> but yeah sometimes when they're doing some smart shit i'm like oh yeah i got that <laughs> we're on the same signal <laughs> So, Dr. Damon eventually informs him that Haley is in a coma, but won't give him any more details about her condition. We then cut to another scene with Dr. Damon and his assistant showing an unexplained experiment on a cow that causes the security alarm to go off in the facility. Once it's disabled, Nick and the other personnel find large dents in the hallway with scorch marks marking the walls. When Nick meets with Dr. Damon again, he asks where they're keeping Jonah, but Damon tells him that Jonah was never recovered from the house, implying that the conversations with Jonah were imagined. And I'm like, excuse me? Right. Wait. No. So, yeah, we got this, like, This random cow scene and... Something attacked and, like, escaped and destroyed. I think it was the cow itself. You think it was the cow? Yeah, I think it was an experiment that they did on the cow. The cow. Yeah. I thought it was just a cow. Because, you know. Oh, no. I don't know. Because since they updated them, I or upgraded them eventually, I had to assume it was also that they upgraded the cows. So. <laughs> we have upgraded cows now? <laughs> I don't know. But when they had it tied there, I was expecting something to come out from the other side and, like, try to eat it. Uh-huh. But maybe. Maybe not. Alien cows? Yeah. See, that is the most interesting part of this movie now. Was the cow to be blamed for what happened? Yeah. In the hallway? You think the cow did the scratching? I thought it did. Because when the lights come back on, the cow's still standing there. (laughs) The cow's like, sorry. (laughs) Could you imagine seeing a cow like running like down the hallway, just like tearing up the wall? Yeah. That's terrifying. It would be. If they showed that and that was the case, this movie would be 13. So much better. Yeah. Right. Can we have a killer alien cow movie? I would love that. <laughs> we just fixed it. I would be so in love with that idea, honestly, because that's unique. I would take that. <laughs> yeah, not this. Yeah. that See, that would be more memorable. Yes, that too. Killer cow. I like it. <laughs> Agitated, he tries to break out with an unconscious Haley, but is intercepted. When he wakes up afterwards, he's horrified to find that his legs have been amputated and replaced with prosthetics made of alien technology. He uses these super-powered legs to break Haley and himself out of the facility, only to discover they are in the middle of a vast, barren desert. 
So this is where the movie kind of really lost me. I'm like, like shifts for yeah, yeah, because I was like, okay, this could still be considered like mystery horror type, Mm -hmm. and this is where it's like, oh, this is definitely sci-fi now because yeah, it's like it took him. He had to like actually realize his legs were robotics for them to actually start working. Yeah. Also, he didn't take off his cover like before. Like, was his legs like that this whole time? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Because. I think it was after that incident. The killer cow incident? (laughs) After he tried to escape, I think they knocked him out. And then that's when it happened. So what they did was they gave him better legs to help him escape even better. Yeah, makes sense. They're like, he's ready. He's ready to escape fully. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, you know what will stop him? Giving him functioning robotic legs that are super powerful. Yeah, yeah. He will not escape now. (laughs) He breaks through walls and stuff. So, yeah, that makes tons of sense. I'm like, okay, if you're going to, if this was all like for an experiment purpose, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like a normal hospital-looking room is not the place to put him. Right. Also, yeah, it had to be then because his legs were feeling numb. So, like, I assume that was in preparation for that procedure. Oh, maybe. Also, he is stopped by Dr. Damon before he, like, fully escapes with Haley. And he basically says, like, we can't protect you out there. And I'm like, from what? Nothing ever fucking happened. Like, really, though? Like, nothing ever happened except them. Like, them coming after them to take them back. Yeah, well... It made it seem like he was just like, I'll let you go, because we don't really need you here. Right. Well, here's the the whole confusing part. So, like, we can't protect you from anything out there. So, Haley was abducted. So, they make it seem like something else abducted her. Then why do you have her then? Right. So... Were you the ones who abducted her initially, or did you? Are you trying to say you saved her from something? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Hello. It, it was odd. If if you were the ones who abducted her, then you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So after they hitch a ride with a sweet but strange old lady, they find that the nearby gas station and locals are not friendly, and the phones there have no signal. Haha, signal. Uh, I see. Yes. To make matters worse, there's a police report of their escape circulating, so they rush outside and hijack an 18-wheeler truck to get them out of these numerous canyon dead ends. So, like, they're just, like, pointlessly driving around this desert, and there's, Back like, and n- no road that really <laughs> leads out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, one part is just the road is, like, smashed, and there's, like, a canyon Yeah, in the way all of a sudden. They're like, where the f- where did the road go? Yeah, and one just leads to, like, a dead end. It's just nothing beyond that point. They're mm-hmm. like, where's the rest of the road? No. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, Dr. Damon is going around to the people they've come in contact with. We see that they've each become mentally unstable, and he responds by killing them. That's a normal reaction. Yeah, and I, I don't get this. Like, how are... <laughs> How are they infecting them and or whatever? Because he's claiming, Dr. Damon claims that they are very contagious and making them sick. So, like, their noses are bleeding and they're just kind of loopy. So, I don't know what they have from Earth that's making them sick. Well, are they real people? Because I thought thought they were in their impression they were, like, robots. And they were malfunctioning. Maybe. Because, like... Dr. Damon, we kind of, we'll yeah. see later. But I thought, are, are they even people? Or are they just, like, posing as people? I don't know. Because she's like. These are, there's so many unanswered questions to this movie. And 
nothing makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we say this in like every other movie. Nothing makes sense. We just don't understand anything, Stephanie. <laughs> We're just so stupid. No, I We're feel stupid. like this is really a problem for them, not us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You blame them. Yes. <laughs> we we obviously didn't miss any small details. I feel like no, I didn't. <laughs> Later on, later on, Nick and Haley come across an abandoned visitor center where they find Jonah in a hazmat suit disguised as one of the facility workers. Jonah, Jonah, yay. Jonah reveals that his arm, his forearms and hands have been replaced with the same alien technology as Nick's legs. Jonah speculates that they are in Area Fifty One because they both have the same tattooed number, which adds up to fifty one. <laughs> cool. <laughs> They just took, like, four random numbers that add up to... Yeah, yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Like, why does that make that Area 51? Does everyone have, like... Well, he's saying that everyone has the same number. It's not an identity thing, because they assumed that they were, like, branded with an ID. And it's not. It's an area code. You might as well just put Area 51 on their arm instead. Like, No, that's a secret. (laughs) <laughs> guys they'll never get it it adds up to 51 but right. it's like just tricky enough that they won't realize i think it's because they think that they're so dumb because shapes make them angry <laughs> they're like shapes make them so sad they won't know what these numbers do right. it couldn't possibly the entire situation they're in it must be the shape stephanie the square the square makes you angry right trapezoid forget it <laughs> triangle don't even want to look at it. Right. After Nick discovers an indication that there's alien technology implanted in Haley's spine, they try to escape through a military checkpoint but are recognized. And I was kind of hoping to see what Haley's situation was. Right. She just seems like she got the sleepies. <laughs> that's <laughs> her gift. She just got to sleep through this whole thing. I'm like, that sounds great. Right. And as a sleepy person in general, she is more sleepy than me. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So Jonah sneaks into a building to hack their computer system, but under constant gunfire and a bomb explosion, his glasses break and he's shot twice. He uses the last of his strength and prosthetic hands to crush the restraints on the truck so Nick and Haley can escape. However, as soon as they approach the only bridge that would take them over the canyon to the outside world, they run into Damon and his military men who blow out the truck's tires Haley is then quickly evacuated by helicopter, and Nick confronts Damon, realizing it's nomad spelled backwards. Which, you know what? I'll give it to him. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think that. about it either. It's it's the 51 all over again. It's yeah. Like, it's just... But after that, I was like, oh. <laughs> That's poopy. <laughs> right. Really? Right. I'm, I should have seen that. Yeah. But to be... I honestly forgot the <laughs> signal guy's name was nomad right. anyway so right it just seemed like a false alias thing right i won't blame that mm-hmm. damon then explains that it was nick who came looking for him that this was his fault and adds that nick is the perfect integration of human will and alien technology their finest achievement <laughs> okay this they haven't even had time to study him basically they're just watching him escape every two minutes they're like he's perfect <laughs> he tried to escape We love this. We love that we were able to do this for him. (laughs) In one last attempt to escape, Nick uses his bionic legs to sprint at supersonic speed across the bridge, where he breaks through an invisible barrier. He goes sonic fast. Yeah. 
And I almost thought, like, his face would tear from, like, his flesh would tear from his skin because he was going so fast. Mm -hmm. It's only his legs. Right. So I kind of wanted to see that happen at this point just to make it interesting. Yeah. Well, when he breaks through the barrier. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. The rest he of goes his, head first. The rest of his, I literally said that. I'm like, the rest of his body would not survive that. Yeah. Just because his legs are bionic, the rest of his body is not. He had to go on like at least 70, 80 miles an hour, right? right? No, supersonic speed, legit. Like, <laughs> he would have been pulverized. His, yeah. His robotic legs would have just been left like kicking in the air. Right. Like, his skin should have ripped from his bones. <laughs> <laughs> and all you'd see is like the thing like hanging in the wall or whatever, like the little legs hanging in the right. wall. But whatever, he seems to break through the outside world, but then Dr. Damon approaches, removing his helmet, showing that he is actually a robotic alien with a human-like face. And he's just kind of, like, content to leave him there. And Nick turns back around and through the glass sees stars in outer space. He realizes he is not in a government facility or even on Earth, but is actually on an immense alien spacecraft number 235. 41, matching the numerical tattoo on his arm that is about to dock at their home world, signaled by the horn. We zoom out seeing a full-scale alien city with skyscrapers and another alien ship approaching in the distance. That's like tattooing a latitude and longitude lines mm-hmm. on my arm. Yeah. Like, that's where I live. Or like, no, no, it's like tattooing my um, my license plate. <laughs> On my arm. Mm-hmm. This is my vehicle. Kind of. So, it, yeah. It, it's... That's the end. <laughs> no further explanation. Yeah. Although I will say visually, the ending looks cool. There's like this whole I alien. I couldn't really scene. tell what it was, honestly. I was like, what are we looking at? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it is a little, a little bit of a mess. But there's like a whole alien city and the giant ship. Yeah. Because to me, he looked like he was, like, in a giant grid system. I think that was the, yeah. So the he, windows of mm-hmm. the ship, I guess. Yeah, because it, like, breaks out the thing. I think it's more like a giant dome simulation with, mm-hmm. like, a false sky and all that thing. Yeah. Like, a testing ground within the ship. Mm-hmm. And he breaks out of, it's, like, almost, like, backstage from, like, a stage play or something. Kind of. Because when he first breaks through, I was like, oh, cool, he made it. And then, nah, not really. <laughs> nah, he's in space. <laughs> they're not even on Earth. Yeah. Who knows where they're at? But it just ends, and that's... That's it. Okay. Yeah. We we still don't know what happened with Haley. Like, she goes on, apparently, you know? like Forget Haley. All she was a, was a sleepy girl, so they're just going to take her back to the facility and let her take a nap-nap, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if that's her fate... <laughs> She'll probably enjoy it, yeah. I would, I would enjoy it. That's fine. <laughs> you could take you could beam me up if all I get to do is sleep. Right. Take me! Take me away, <laughs> Swedish king. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. Do you want to hear about robot prosthetics? I do. Robotic prosthetics, also known as robotic limbs or bionic limbs, are advanced artificial limbs that use robotics and technology to replicate or enhance the functionality of natural limbs. These prosthetics are designed to provide individuals who have lost a limb with improved mobility, dexterity, and control. So the development and design of robotic prosthetics involve a combination of engineering, robotics, and medical science. These prosthetics aim to mimic the movements and functions of natural limbs as closely as possible. They incorporate sensors, motors, and other mechanisms to enable precise control and movement. And this is a little bit like on the control systems. 
They can be controlled through various methods, including myoelectric control. It uses electrodes placed on the skin to detect muscle movement. When the user contracts specific muscles, the electrodes pick up the signal. Signal. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm which, <laughs> yeah, which are then translated into movements of the robotic limb. This allows for a more intuitive control. That's so cool to think like you could just control a muscle and it. Yeah. How does it know? Like, that's right. crazy. Right. That is very strange. <laughs> now that you think about it too. Like Science. Yes. There's a neural control, which involves connecting the prosthetic limb directly to the user's nerves or brain. This can be achieved through techniques such as targeted muscle reinnervation, TMR, or brain-computer interfaces, BCIs. Neural control allows for more natural and precise control of the prosthetic limb. So just hook it up right to the brain. Yeah, to the source. <laughs> there we go. See, we should have talked about that for uh, mind control. Yeah, Instead well, it of... listed BCI in, in oh, that okay. thing. Yeah, so I guess that's it, this. So same thing. <laughs> it's uh, Instead of it controlling the mind, the mind's controlling it. Yes. Different sides of the same coin. Yeah. So I guess in the myoelectric one, you kind of have to, like, think of doing a contraction of your muscle or, or a specific body part to mm -hmm. make the leg move. And then... Otherwise, you're just kind of naturally doing it through the sensors in your brain. And then there's tactical feedback. And some advanced robotic prosthetics also provide this, allowing users to feel sensations through the prosthetic limb. That's crazy. That is crazy. So it's achieved through the use of sensors that detect pressure, temperature, or other stimuli and transmit that information to the user's nervous system. That's I, so cool. I didn't know they could do that. Yeah, me neither. I don't know if I'd want that, though. No. I mean, if I lose it, like... I don't want to feel nothing no more. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> I've already gone through it. I yeah. don't need to feel... Although, I think it might... It might help with mobility. Like, you know, like when your legs numb, you like, it's a hard, hard time like walking on it. Mm -hmm. So maybe the sensation helps with that. It like, yeah. makes it better. So maybe, maybe. And also probably helps with like phantom leg too. Like a lot of people that lose mm -hmm. limbs they, or something still feel like they have it. Right. Even with like without the prosthetic and stuff like that. I think it would be cool to have, well, it doesn't didn't necessarily say it hurts. So maybe having the pressure and stuff is helpful without the pain. Yeah, maybe. I think that's a good uh, good middle ground there. Yeah. There has mind-controlled prosthetics. <laughs> there have been significant advancements in developing prosthetic limbs that can be controlled directly by the user's thoughts. This involves using brain signals or neural implants to control the movements of the robotic limb. And there's soft robotics. It's an emerging field that focuses on developing prosthetics with more flexible and adaptable materials. They aim to provide a more natural and comfortable experience for the user. And then there's sensor technology. Improvements in sensor technology are enabling more accurate detection and interpretation of user movements and intentions. This allows for more precise and responsive control of robotic prosthetics. Hmm. Then there's benefit and impact. Robotic prosthetics have the potential to greatly improve the quality of life for individuals with limb loss. Some of the benefits include enhanced mobility and independence, improved dexterity and control, allowing for more natural movements, increased ability to perform daily tasks and activities, improved self-confidence and psychological well-being, integration of advanced technologies such as AI and machine learning to continuously improve functionality. It is important to note that while 
robotic prosthetics offer significant advancements, they may not be suitable or accessible for everyone. Factors such as cost, availability, and individual needs and preferences can influence the use of robotic prosthetics. However, ongoing research and advancements in the field continue to push the boundaries of what is possible, offering hope for future improvements in the future. Hmm. That's crazy. I mean, all of that seems pretty uh, good to go. Like, yeah. what else are we doing here? Right. <laughs> Sounds like everyone shouldn't get a prosthetic limb if they need one. Like, right. Well, yeah, they are super, super expensive, which yeah. is unfortunate. I'd also be curious as an able-bodied person, like, obviously, I'm like, oh, if I lose a limb, like, I'd obviously want this. But I wonder if, like, there's people who have lost limbs or, like, this isn't necessary or, like, feel. That prefer it without. Yeah. Or, like, they're like, we don't want this kind of a thing does that make sense yeah i mean i assume in some cases it's uncomfortable like like to think like if you lost your like leg from like the knee down or something like that Mm -hmm. like the rubbing of your your thigh against the prosthetic Mm -hmm. might might chafe and be uncomfortable to use all the time so then it's more about like is look over function better kind of thing or right i was thinking more so like if someone thought like you know, just because I have a loss of limb doesn't make me any less, less of than, a person. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know if people think, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure, like, the majority of people are all for it, but I was just curious if you think anyone would be actively against prosthetic limbs. I mean, I'm sure it happens. Yeah, and like it says, like, some people aren't able to because, like, say you got into a horrible accident. And yeah. You, like, mentally, you're also messed up, too. It might limit your ability to use them yeah just a thought but i mean this technology is like incredible i don't even know how did it would begin to figure <laughs> any of this out right i think it takes a while though to get them i i don't think it's just like immediately oh yeah for sure yeah like even if you do have the means mm-hmm. to get them i think they have to be like customized and ordered and you have to do physical therapy to get used to it yeah and I th- stuff. think the biggest barrier is just the money yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's messed up. Right. I mean, it costs a lot to make, I'm assuming. It costs a lot to do anything, though. Uh, you're right. I'm not <laughs> I'm not disagreeing, but it just that sucks that there's going to be that barrier. Yeah. But. That's unfair. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful. You can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next week. You're, you're an alien. You're touch so fine. It's supernatural. Extraterrestrial. Should have done this for aliens. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, they were aliens. Yeah. Well, well. Well.